Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Okay, I want to talk about the desire to be understood. The desire to be understood. And I think it's, um, it's something that we have that weighs upon us, maybe more so than you uh, realize. It's something that we seek. We may not even be aware that we're seeking it, but there's a, a need that we have to be understood uh, emotionally, eternally, psychologically. It's a need that we all have. You know, people that I sometimes think about, you know, maybe that talk too much. Maybe they're, they're, what they're actually doing is they're mastering this desire to be understood. And... Uh, uh, feel the need to explain things more and and they actually they are accomplishing that the desire to be understood people that don't talk much maybe they've given up on the <laughs> desire to be understood you know it's like what's the use nobody's gonna understand me and so I just don't don't talk that much don't say that much have you ever been misunderstood it is painful it is frustrating it is debilitating, and sometimes we do, we, we give up trying to be understood. You know, what's the use? Uh, being mis misunderstood, you know, I, I've told you the story about saying something. I can't even, can't even remember the story, but I was talking to a woman, and I said something. And I went away, and I said, I hope she didn't think I was calling her fat. Somehow fat worked into the situation, I mean, the, the conversation. But I, I did not mean it that way at all. But you know how your mind is. You start thinking about the way people took thing, things. You know, I hope they didn't take it the wrong way. And I, wanna, I want you to understand something. You cannot control how people take things. That, that is not your responsibility. If, if, there are some people that want to take things the wrong way. And you just have to know how you meant it and live with it and not let it eat away at you. I didn't mean it that way. I was not calling her fat. And if she wants to take it that way, she can take it. She's free to take it that way uh, as an insult. You know, it's like the expression, you know, you tell someone you look, you look very nice today. And then they think, well, does that mean I didn't look nice yesterday? Uh, are you saying I didn't look nice yesterday? I mean, that's an insult. Uh, some people are determined to take offense at everything you say, whatever suggestion you make, they are determined to be offended by it. You've met people like that. They're miserable to be around. You know, you just, you can't please them. Recently on one of my videos, The Immortal Soul was the title of it. Now, obviously I don't believe in The, in the Immortal Soul, but that was the title of my video. And this guy gave a long explanation how that the soul is not immortal. He went through the, you know, the words, nephesh, soul, and all that. And I realized, I watched my video then, and I realized we were totally 100% in agreement. And I just made the comment, I said, you know, I agree with what you say, but please take time to watch my video before commenting. Uh, you know, because... Yeah, but, you know, some people are just, they just, they're, they're so eager to voice their opinion, to tell their opinion. 
And they're really not listening. They're not watching, they're not listening, they're not paying attention, they're just, they're just commenting. Often we are misunderstood because of other people's careless thinking, compulsive thinking. You ever been in a conversation and someone tries to finish it for you? You know? Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. You're saying, and you're thinking, no, I'm not saying that. You know, you get ready to say this. No. Um, negative thinking. Sometimes people have. People just don't take the time to understand what you're, where you're coming from. And again, as I mentioned here, some people are determined to take offense at everything you say, to take it the wrong way. I'm going to take what you said the wrong way. And that's a choice that people have. They, they can do that if they want to. Often people value their own opinion so much that they don't take time to understand yours. They're not listening. You ever met people that talk at you? You know, it's not a conversation. It's not give and take. It's nothing. They're just talking at you. Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. Some people are, you know, you're trying to communicate and they're just, you can tell, they're just, they're desperately waiting for you to pause and take a breath. You know, just like, and then they, they jump in and the conversation goes wherever they want it to go. But don't always beat yourself up because you are misunderstood. There's a legitimate reason for people misunderstanding you. You could be the most eloquent, logical, reasonable person in the world, coupled with compassion, mercy, kindness, and grace, and still be misunderstood. You could have all those qualities and still be misunderstood. Another dynamic to being misunderstood is something that Jesus said that we need to keep in mind. Matthew 13 and verse 15. Matthew 13 and verse 15. He says, for these people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So Christ comes along and says, look, there are people in the world that cannot hear. They've got eyes, but they can't see. They've got ears, but they can't hear. And you've got to deal with that. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be misunderstood. And then, of course, Jesus said in John 6 and verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. This is a powerful dynamic, dynamic at work when it comes to you being understood, especially when it comes to our faith. Especially when it comes to our faith. Often, in, in like doing my program, I have beat myself up it, you know, I've said, well, it's my fault they don't understand. If I could just connect with the right method, if I could just figure out what the right method is, then I would have all kinds of people, you know, maybe listening and responding to, to, to my videos. But consider this. If God wanted everyone to understand, everyone would understand. It's just that simple. If, he, if, if God wanted everyone to understand right now, everyone would understand. Why is this so hard to accept? I tell you, it's hard for me to accept that reality. 
Can we, in all our glory, create a method that will work in, at opening the eyes of mankind better than God can? So, well, no, we can't. We can't. We can't do a better job than, than, than God can. And uh, so why can we can be, so why we can be misunderstood applies to the areas of religion and outreach also. Also, uh, another scripture I want to look at that often this last part, I think, people can overlook. Acts 2 and verse 38, it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that little expression, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Often that's overlooked. It takes a calling from God to understand. So there may be a re reason you are misunderstood. You know, if we go through life thinking God is calling e everyone to repentance right now, you will set yourself up for a lifetime of frustrations and being misunderstood. Okay, that's, that's the bottom line. You know, how, sometimes I've wondered, how does mainstream Christianity live with themselves? Because the success rate is not that great. You know, I once read statistics about the falling away of people that, that have given their heart to the Lord or their hand to the preacher. I think it was 80 or 90% fall away rate or something. that they, When they went back to try to find them in a church, active in church or anything, some type of commitment, they, couldn't, they really couldn't find any type of, you know, there's a huge fall away rate. But, and I think the ways they often justify themselves is by making salvation so simple. You know, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, now if you accept Christ into your heart. Okay, and if they don't do that, then they deserve to be lost. In other words, simplify salvation to the, to, to, to the simplest point you can get it. Just raise your hand. Okay. If you don't do that, well, then you deserve, you deserve to be lost, is how maybe they justify it. Now, why do we misunderstand others? Why do we misunderstand others? Let's get personal here. You know, beating within the heart of mankind is this powerful need, the need to be understood. People that believe differently than we do want to be understood. People that have different faith, different religion, they also, they want to be understood just as much as we want to be understood, you know. Whether, you know, whatever our convictions are, you know, we want to be understood, but other people who have their belief system, they will also want to be understood just as much as we do. Um, behind every sin, I believe, behind every perversion, behind every dysfunction, behind every crazy idea that a person may have, is a person who desperately wants to be understood. No matter how bizarre. In fact, my conviction is this. The greater the craziness, the more that person des de desires to be understood. <laughs> the more bizarre, the more weird, you know. Well, that's plum queer. They desire to be understood. We were watching a, you know, the Daily Wire, uh, Matt Walsh. He has a documentary, What is a Woman? 
If you haven't seen that, you need to watch that. Because he's in pursuit all across America to answer the question, what is a woman? And no one can answer it. At the end, his wife answers it. But he goes over to Africa and actually finds some tribes, you know, African people that, that know, that have some good common sense. That's where he finds the wisdom. Over now, it is a powerful documentary. What is a woman? Check that out. Um, but there, he interviewed a woman who who identified as a wolf. But I'm, I'm I, what I'm saying is the even the craziest idea that you can go get that what they have is a desire. What what's beating within the heart is a desire to be understood. In fact, the crazier the idea, probably the, the greater the, the desire is. All right, being misunderstood can stop you in your tracks. Being misunderstood can stop you in your tracks. I think of the Tower of Babel, Babel, however you pronounce that. Genesis 11 and verse 5. It says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, I remember one minister, and I don't know if this is true or not, but said that one of the reasons maybe God confounded the languages is because if, if he had not uh, done this with man's brilliancy, and man has a brilliant mind because God created it that maybe within a few year, a few thousand years or whatever, space travel, nuclear, you know, invention, whatever, nuclear bombs, uh, uh, air travel would have been invented much quicker. And since God is on a time schedule of 6,000 years or six working days, that he had to slow that, confound the languages to slow that process down. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not, I don't know. But anyway, Genesis 11 and verse 7, Go to, let us go down, and therefore uh, confound their languages, language, excuse me, one language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, and they left off to build the city. Here again, we have this example of God not wanting people to understand each other, which is a peculiar concept, really, when you think about it. I said being misunderstood can stop you in your track, tracks. Because you get to the point, what's the use? What's the use in trying? I'll be misunderstood again. Being misunderstood, misunderstanding each other. That's the reason relationships are destroyed. It's the reason marriages fall apart. It's the reason friendships end. It's the reason partnerships fail. It's the reason churches split. They're just misunderstood. They don't. They're, they're, they, they miss. They're not communicating. Misunderstood. <clears throat> the reason we are misunderstood. The reason we misunderstand others. I think the reason we misunderstand others is sometimes we just don't want to know. We want to misunderstand others. It's easier. It's very easy for me to misunderstand you. It takes no effort whatsoever. <laughs> if I can just assume you are foolish or ignorant, hey, misunderstanding people takes less energy. 
So it's really the easiest thing you can do. It's a choice that we can make. Okay, I just, I just don't understand where you're coming from. I want us to digress a little bit and talk about the most misunderstood person in the Bible. Jesus Christ. Consider that one. I mean, there's so much you can, you know we could read about in the Bible. There's, you know, often even after Christ's ascension, you know, the disciples finally, after they had been empowered with the Holy Spirit, now we get, and you know, they reminisce and they think back. Now we understand what He said. But you talk about for His ministry, you talk about a misunderstood person. I mean. Uh, you don't have to turn to all these, but Matthew 13, verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing hear not, neither do they understand. Matthew 13, verse 14, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. Matthew 15 and verse 17, Do not ye understand that whatsoever enters into the mouth goes out into the belly and is cast out into the draw. Matthew 16 and verse 9, Do ye not understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets were, were took up. And he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? You know, the one thing that the disciples could have sit around and they could, they could sit there beside the campfire and say, look, there's one thing we can all agree on. We don't understand, you know. We don't understand, you know, what, what Christ. Speaking to the people that wanted to kill him, Jesus said, why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my words? How do you think this made Christ feel the whole shebang of not of not being understood. You know the Bible tells us that Christ was tempted in all areas like we are. And sometimes, you know, when you're misunderstood, when people don't misunderstand you, just understand that we have a high priest that was tempted in all areas, and he knows what that is like also to be misunderstood. <clears throat> Probably the most misunderstood being, we might could say, would be God. I mean, he gets blamed for everything. He gets blamed for all the woe, misery, suffering, and everything that goes on in the world that's bad. God gets blamed for it. But I don't think God, God is not hard to understand. Look at Jeremiah 9 and verse 24. Jeremiah 9 and verse 24. It says, but let him that glory glories in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. And then we can understand that. What is, what is loving kindness? Okay, we can get that. We can grasp loving kindness. Judgment. Okay, we can understand that God is a just God. And righteousness. We can understand what the righteousness is. You know, all of thy law is righteousness. You know, the, the, the defining of the Ten Commandments. All right. So, but let him that glory, glories in this. That's Jeremiah 9 and verse 24. That he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, says the Lord. Now, if you want to be understood, seek to understand others. 
If you want to be understood, seek to understand others. Now, in outreach, ministry, whatever, evangelism, give some advice here that sort of been hard to come by, but I think it's true. If your product cannot sell itself alone, you will not be understood. In other words, whatever your product is, you're trying to sell a product, all right? You're trying to sell the Sabbath day, the holy days, the dietary laws, tithing, kingdom of God, the resurrection. Here's the thing. If you have to tear down if you have to tear others down to build your product up, you will be misunderstood. If you have to tear down, it's sort of like going to the Ford dealership and you walk through the door to buy a new Ford car and the, the salesman says, you know, those Chevrolets are terrible vehicles. You, know, you don't want to go over to that Chevrolet place. You know, you, you know, all right, you're going to be misunderstood if you do that. Uh, right off the bat, you'll be misunderstood. I was working on a a, a Christmas program, recording one, and you know, I, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a bad program, but what I thought about was this. I thought, you know, I, I don't want to take the chance of tearing down what little bit of faith a person may have in, in Christ. You know, if, if a person, let's say, sitting beside a Christmas tree, watching the fire burn, and he thinks to himself, you know, I'm grateful that Jesus came into the world, was born, and died for my sins. You know, I, I, that's, a, that's a little bit of faith right there. And I don't want to necessarily tear it down by screaming, Christmas is pagan to the core, you know, you don't need to be keeping it. I tell you, in this society, you, you probably don't want to go there because someone was going to assume that I think it's important to explain why, you know, that there's something better than, than Christmas. That's called the Holy Days, you know. But, you know, you don't want to, for someone to misunderstand you and say, well, that person doesn't even believe in Christ Jesus. You know, it, it, it's more to it than just saying, I don't celebrate Christmas. You need to go on to explain more details. Um, Romans 14 and verse 21. It says, it is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything wherein, whereby thy brother stumble or is offended or is made weak. Have you faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in the thing which he allows. I think in sharing our faith, we must offer people an alternative that is much better. For example, Christmas, what is much better is the Holy Days, Feast of Tabernacles which probably Christ was born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, uh, instead of maybe Sunday keeping, the Sabbath, which liberates one from work, and you can rest on that day, and you can, you can so um, to offer something much better. You know, a question that I've always have had is, how do I bridge the connection to other Christians without compromising my faith and the truth. How do we bridge the connection to other Christians without compromising my own faith and the truth that I know? 
And I think, you know, uh, there's a way to do that. There's a right way to do it. There's a right way to go about it. But I don't think it's necessarily, you know, poo-pooing someone's, you know. A long time ago, me and Teresa, we were at a theater and standing in line waiting to get in. And a bird flew over and messed on me. <laughs> My nice jacket, whatever. People around me laughed. Of course, they laughed at what I said. I'm not going to tell you what I said. Uh, but I think sometimes we can be like that. You know, we can poo-poo on someone's parade, you know, poo-poo on someone's Christmas parade, poo-poo on someone's Sunday observance or whatever. And uh, so <laughs> you're not going to bridge the gap <laughs> between what, you know, to, to other Christians by, um, <clears throat> you know, that's not the way to do it. Uh, what keeps us from understanding others? I think it is what I would call the offense. The fact, the fact that we're offended by their actions, choices, bad decisions, craziness. You know, I think sometimes that's what causes us not to understand others. We're offended by what they're doing, by what they're saying, by their actions. Psalms 119 and verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Think about that one. Nothing's going to offend you. And you're going to have great peace, those that love God's law. And I had found myself, sometimes I think, how many things really do offend me? You know, I'm sometimes amazed at the things that offend me, even if I don't know the person. I can be listening to talk, I can mull it over in my mind over and over again. I can listen to talk radio and I, th I can think, how, how dumb can someone be? How, how, you know, and I'm, I'm getting offended by, by what I'm listening to. The whole world offends me. You know, really. I mean, it's a sick world and you can get offended by it. And since I'm not a people person, it's easy for me to say, I don't care to understand you, you see. I don't care to understand your craziness, which can be a problem. Here's the problem. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16 says this, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. You know, having the Spirit of God is, is a great blessing. And it's a great blessing that not every, not every person has in the world. And when you look at other people around you, what you're looking at is empty temples. Temples that, that don't have anything inside. They're just empty. And that should create a certain amount of compassion for other people and the willingness to at least try to understand them. I want to conclude with... Uh, a verse in Zephaniah 3 and verse 9. Zephaniah 3 and verse 9. If you look at the subtitle of this, it's talking about the conversion of all the nations and when Christ returns. It talks about the return of a pure language. Zephaniah 3 and verse 9. For then will I turn to the people a pure language 
that they may all call upon, notice this, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Man, that's a powerful verse. A pure language that they may all serve God with one consent. If you want to be understood, seek to understand others. There is coming a day when not only will we understand others, we will also be understood. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.